You're listening to Business Made Simple with Donald Miller, Kula Callahan, and Dr. J.J. Peterson. It's just Kula today. I've kicked the dudes out of the podcast recording studio, and it's just me and a neuroscientist talking about the brain. No, for real, I am geeking out about my conversation with David Eagleman. He's a neuroscientist at Stanford University. He's also a best-selling author and a Guggenheim fellow. He is brilliant, and his new book, Livewired, talks about how we need to include more novelty in our lives in order to stay mentally and cognitively fresh and agile. I'm still geeking out about it. This is my conversation with David Eagleman. David, true or false? My brain is different right this very second than it was before we started this interview. True. Yeah. Your brain is changing every second of your life. Why is it different? Yeah. Because because you got 86 billion neurons in this huge forest and the whole thing is always moving and changing and plugging and unplugging and seeking you know, there's this notion, the technical term is brain plasticity that we talk about. My new book, Livewired, is about one of the things I suggest is that the term plasticity is a little bit of a silly term because it was introduced in the era of plastic manufacturing where people were impressed by the fact that you could mold plastic into shape and it would hold that shape. And that's cool. But what the brain's doing is so much more than that. It's, it's, it's a fluid system that's constantly moving and changing. And so that's why, yes, with every thing that you experience and do and hear, you become a different person. What's the biggest challenge you feel like people in, in science have in terms of communicating? Oh, that's easy. It's that... Um, They're too smart. It's, <laughs> so I'll tell you, the, the biggest challenge that scientists have when communicating their stuff is the issue of you have a certain way of talking to impress your colleagues within academia in a certain way. And then it's taking off that science hat and putting on a founder or CEO hat to figure out how to tell a human interest story, why anybody should care about the amazing thing you've developed. That's the challenge that people have. Yeah. I love, uh, this is a quote from your new book, Livewired, which is just mind-blowing, by the way. It says, humans are born with few built-in skills and a great deal of plasticity, while adults have mastered specific tasks at the expense of flexibility. There's a trade-off between adaptability and efficiency. As your brain gets good at certain jobs, it becomes less able to tackle others. Do you feel like there, that's a kind of a threat to our development almost as human beings when we start a career and get really good at a career and kind of silo ourselves into one sort of professional space? Is that is that costing us anything? It is a bit. And one of the, actually the most important thing that I can give to people, especially as they get older, is the importance of seeking novelty and challenge and switching things up. Because what happens is as we move through our adult lives, everybody's trying to design for strengths, you know, to figure out, oh, I'm really good at this. Okay. I'm just going to keep doing that more and more. And the problem is we're not causing big, you know, earthquakes in the brain and changing things up a lot. And it turns out once people retire, for example, you know, we can see what happens in their brains as if their lives shrink, yeah. um, you know, as, and their brains degenerate, which happens naturally with age, but even more with a neurodegenerative disorder like Alzheimer's, you know, they're really in trouble and cognitively they go downhill fast as opposed to people who retire and stay really active and they're constantly trying new things out and doing things. And um, they are constantly building new roadways in the brain and they stay cognitively healthy much, much longer. So the point is at any age that you are, the most important thing to do is seek new challenges. 
And, um, you know, I will say this past year of lockdown has been hell for everybody. There's lots of stress and anxiety and depression, but the one silver lining is that it's been a challenge for us. It's, it's for all of us, we kind of thought we knew the way the world worked and then we find, whoa, I, you know, I don't know where to get toilet paper anymore. Maybe I'll try that. You know, how do I, and just like, we've all made lots of changes to our lives over the last year. And that's despite it all really good for the brain. And you're not just talking about new things professionally or new things in your career. Like you're not saying you've been a physician for forever. In order to maintain cognitive health, you have to go and find a new job. You're just talking about novelty and really any activity, yeah? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, the key is to find things that are in between frustrating and achievable. So, you know, not something that's so hard you can't ever do it, not something that's too easy. I mean, look, you know, pe people often ask me when they're retiring, they say like, well, what about crossword puzzles or Sudoku or whatever? And the answer is any of that's fine. But as soon as you get good at it, quit it and start <laughs> something new that you're not good at. What sort of practices can we do to keep our brain adapting and moving and live wired? What everyone should do who's listening to this podcast tonight, you know, brush your teeth with your other hand or shave with your other hand or, you know, drive to the store or wherever you're going a totally different route than the one you normally do. And one thing that I think is really important, and I've been doing this, is just trying to every once in a while you know, just rearrange my desk and my office. And yeah. it doesn't even matter how it's, just, you know, putting the things over here and turning the desk and changing where the seat is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just forcing your brain out of the path of least resistance so that you yeah. can see the world afresh. Um, another thing though, that has been long recognized by neuroscientists is that the hardest thing for your brain is other people actually. That's and, um, and I'm a very social person. I can tell you are as well. You know, but it turns out that dealing with other people, you never know exactly what they're going to say next and so on. So it takes lots of energy. So to whatever degree one can, always put yourself in social situations where you're having to deal with other people, including all the conflict, all the things where someone thought you meant this and you meant this other thing. All that's really good for the brain. Uh, you know, I live in Silicon Valley and everything, of course, is about hardware and software. Right, right. But the, the title I chose for the book is, is Live Wired because I call this Liveware. And I'm very interested in how we can actually build companies to exploit the principles of live wiring such that we're not, you know, just building things in a factory and then we load the software onto it, but instead we build devices and machines that change themselves um, because we already know that's possible. We have an existence proof here. One example I use at the end of the book is the, the Mars rover Spirit did a great job, but then it got its wheel stuck in the Martian soil and it died there. And so... You know, wouldn't it be great if you could build a Mars rover like like a wolf, which gets its leg caught in a trap, then it chews its leg off and learns how to walk with three legs? That's the kind of machinery we would like to build in the future. So the same concept that we just talked about, live wire, right? Can something in real time adjust and adapt to its situation so that it can keep moving and keep being productive and keep being efficient? How could that concept, if you can speak to this, apply to someone starting a business or an entrepreneur who is trying to raise money to launch this new initiative into the world? How does that principle sort of apply to the business world? Oh, it does. I mean, metaphorically, it does, which is, you know, the most important thing. I mean, look, let me do it this way. What the brain does essentially all the time is look for the path of least resistance. It says, okay, I know how to do this. I'm going to do it this way. I've paved this road and I'm going to follow this road every time. And the most important thing for entrepreneurs 
is to always question that, to not trust whatever answer your brain pops out first. So the easiest way to do this is whenever you're trying to solve a problem, make, make sure you, you write down, let's say, seven different answers to it. And you'll end up throwing away six of them. Usually your first answer is one that you will end up throwing away because you realize that answer number seven is there, you know, number three is really the best answer. So forcing yourself to dig deeper is something that is so critical for anybody, but for entrepreneurs in this example um, is, is really important. And, and not only that, not only is proliferating options critical, but proliferating options at different distances. So you do some things that are kind of close to home and some things that are more wacky. And that's how you feel out the border of the possible. That's so good. Okay, David Eagleman, this has been so fascinating. You can get his new book, Live Wired, anywhere books are sold on amazon.com. I highly recommend that. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Kula. It was a pleasure. So, JJ, I'm pretty much a neuroscientist now. I can tell. Right? Yeah. Isn't that so fascinating? I think we all are. Well, yeah. maybe not you, but most of us are. But now I would like to learn hey, how to become a neuroscientist. Yeah. Isn't it so interesting, though, how, like, thinking about how just deciding to learn a new thing yeah. keeps, like, biologically keeps your brain sharp and functioning and healthy and active, and you live longer, and your cognitive abilities last longer. Like, it's just wild. And you do this a lot, don't I you? I do. I do, interestingly enough, a lot outside of work and inside of work. So yeah. outside of work, every year I try to learn something new. So you may have heard previously on our podcast when I talked about making a diorama, a miniature diorama, mm. and winning a blue ribbon at the state fair. Humble I tried brag. to do that. Humble yeah. brag. No, okay. it's a full-on brag. It's I a full-on brag. I am a blue, Honestly, Tennessee State Fair blue ribbon winner. Let's go, Put bud. that in my we bio. We love to see it. And this year I'm learning how to make cheese. <laughs> we get it. Like you have many talents. But what do you think that did for you outside of just being a hobby? Uh, I think number of different things. It gave me more confidence yeah. and taught me that I can continue learning and picking up new skills. That doesn't just apply to outside of work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so when it comes to education or comes to learning a new skill for work specifically, it kind of just shows me I don't have to be stuck. Right. And I can just think differently about totally. life. And, and in some ways, be silly, right? right? Like that. some of that stuff is just silly. Yeah. And sometimes I can bring that to work to bring a little bit more fun and energy to what I'm doing at work. And you know what else, JJ? Like that fun sort of creative perspective that you do bring to our team is something that's really valuable. Like people would pay someone a lot of money to bring that creativity and perspective into the workplace and into the work that you do every day. That's why a lot of times conferences are so popular when you can get away and just Mm -hmm. take two days to learn new techniques, learn new ways of thinking about business. Right. And I think that's so important to pause, even in the midst of everything that's going on in the daily life of work and go, all right, I'm going to make time for learning. Right. You know, over maybe a week, maybe an hour a day where you go through one of the Business Made Simple courses, which the Business Made Simple platform is our on-demand education platform where you can go and learn from experts in marketing and messaging and leadership and mission statement. And you can go take courses that actually grow your career and your business. And you can find that at businessmadesimple.com. 
I've learned so much from the Business Made Simple platform. I learned proposals, learned from the Enneagram course. So I even do that. I take time every week to learn from our Business Made Simple platform and just try to expand my own experience and knowledge so that it can grow my brain, turns out. Turns out I'm growing my brain. I'm growing growing my brain. brain. I think also it just makes you a more robust individual. Like nobody wants to talk to you if you talk about the same thing every (laughs) single day, year after year, right? It makes you more interesting. It makes you more robust. And it also just widens your skill set so you're able to offer more value to the organization that you're a part of, to your relationships, to your personal life. And I love to, I thought about this so much when I was talking with David Eagleman, the the idea of the fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, and she talks about the number one reason people fail is because they have a fixed mindset, which means you believe about yourself that you can't learn new things, that you're just inherently bad at whatever it is, and that you don't have the ability to develop skills in order to get good at something. A growth mindset, someone with a growth mindset says, I'm not good at this right now, but I can develop the skills that I need and learn about this thing so that I can get good at it. And people with a growth mindset are just more successful in business, in life, in their relationships. They're just more successful. I mean, there's research that actually backs that up. It's not just like kind of this dream that's like, oh, you'll be better. No, no, no. There's research that shows if you have a growth mindset and you continue to learn that you actually will be more successful in life and in work and in education, every area of life. And it helps your brain. It does. And we're talking about, you know, things that require a little bit more of a commitment, a book, a podcast, a conference, but it can be something as simple as driving a different way home from work. I love that. I love that. It doesn't have to be this huge sort of commitment on your part, but just keeping yourself on your toes. Because a lot of us, you know, myself included, I can sometimes find myself like, kind of like sleepwalking through life a little bit. Yeah. And not that I'm not present and engaged and adding value and doing my job, but I just get into the rhythm and I'm kind of just like, oh, this is what I do every morning. And here's yeah. my coffee and here's my first meeting and just kind of get into that rhythm. And while it's not necessarily a bad thing, what would be more helpful for myself, my brain health and the organization yeah. is if I were constantly adapting and learning new things. I remember it was probably my second, first or second year at StoryBrand. And I had gotten booked to do a private workshop. This was years yep. ago yep. when we went into organizations and taught their whole team the StoryBrand framework. And which we them, still do. Which we do still <laughs> yeah. do. I remember I was like, man, they want me to do this. And it was these really high level sort of C-suite executives. And I had never spoken publicly, like a public speaking gig, nothing. And I was like, shoot, do they really want me to do this? Like, yeah. I've never done this. And um, one of my mentors at the time was like, cool, that's a lie. Y- you are a good public speaker. Tell yourself you're a good public speaker. Read a book about it and you'll crush it. And yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I can be a good public speaker. Yeah. So then I just started doing it. I learned skills and techniques that helped me do a better job at it. And now it's something that I love doing the most. But Which we knew you could because you'd already been working with businesses for a very long time. That's helping true. them that's clarify true. their message. And you knew the framework better than anybody. And you were just terrified. But yeah. you had a fixed mindset. But that idea is like, I can do more than I think I can. Totally. And sometimes that literally just starts with finding a new way to drive home. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and learning something new on a podcast or learning something new on a business course. And it starts there and gives you the courage to step out into areas you never thought you could go to. I geek out on all this uh, neuroscience, brain science stuff too. Uh, kind of wish I'd gone that route. I don't know if I'd be qualified. Probably not. But, uh, you know, the conversation with Kula David reminded me of something that I talk about a lot when we're talking about marketing and messaging. 
when we're looking at somebody's marketing and we're looking at their messaging, we always say this, and, and we mean it tongue-in-cheek because it's somewhat almost offensive, but we always say, don't make people think. And really what that is, it, it means that you do the work to clarify your message so when people hear it, they don't have to do the work to figure out what in the world you're trying to say. The brain burns between six and 800 calories a day just processing information. It's the number one organ in your body that, that burns calories. You actually burn more calories thinking through all the things that you need to think through in order to survive than you do on a treadmill in about an hour. I mean, it's about the same. Uh, of course, you're, you're thinking all day and you're on the treadmill for an hour. But if you think about that, you're sweating on that treadmill and your brain is doing the same thing. Therefore, what your brain does is it tries not to process information. It tries to reject information. So anything that doesn't help you survive, it rejects. Your brain will reject it. it it'll reject listening to conversations with people that uh, you can't figure out how this is going to help me survive. It rejects books that uh, you don't want to read because it's not going to help me survive or it's not going to help me rest or be entertained, which is also part of survival because that's rebuilding your brain. You reject all sorts of stuff all day. I think customers are mostly rejecting your marketing. Like when they go to your website, they're just rejecting it. Uh, when they get your email, they're not reading it. Uh, when they listen to your sales presentation, they're ignoring it. And the reason is you haven't figured out a way to communicate so clearly that they can figure out how you can help them survive in a way that doesn't make them burn any calories. The brain wants to take the path of least resistance. It will always choose to work the least in order to get the most. So yes, it will work very hard, but it'll only work very hard if you convince that brain you're going to get a lot out of this. There's a lot of survival in this. So yeah, you'll study really hard for a, the bar exam or something, but that's your career on the line. You're going to burn a lot of calories to do that. When it comes to buying soap or buying a new car or you know, whatever it is that you sell, the brain's not going to work very hard. And that's one of the reasons the story brand framework has taken off so much is because we help people clarify their message. And they're shocked when after clarifying their message, their revenue grows. So today's closing thought is just this. Uh, don't make people work so hard. Don't make people's brains work so hard. Don't make people consume so many calories in order to understand what you offer. If you do that, your business should grow. Thanks for geeking out with us about the brain on today's episode of Business Made Simple. Until next week, here's to growing your business. It can seem like the whole job of an entrepreneur is to worry, which is why the Business Made Simple podcast is here for you every week, taking the mystery out of growing your business. So if you got something out of today's episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Then go to businessmadesimple.com to see how our on-demand courses and live coaching events can give you the practical skills you need so you won't just sound like you understand business, you will actually know how a business works and how to grow it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.